Welcome to High ISO, the photography and business podcast. Where we talk about life as a professional photographer. I'm Robert Hall, an editorial photographer from Michigan. And I'm Justin Haugen, a wedding and portrait photographer from Arizona. All right, man. It has been over a year since we last released an episode, and I think the people want to know what the heck has happened. So uh, in today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of a recap, uh, just kind of explain ourselves, and then let you guys know about what we plan on doing on this podcast in the future. So uh, to start, why why did we pause? What happened a year and three months ago, Justin? Why why did we just completely stop posting episodes? Uh, there was a pandemic going on. I think uh, COVID nineteen. You heard of it? No, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that wasn't like the primary reason for what was why we stopped. But I think we just had a lot of life going on, and it was not really a plan like, Hey, we need to take a time out. But we just kind of fell off on making new episodes, and then it, after a while. It, I think we both were, we, we never stopped staying in touch. We've pretty much talked daily, mm-hmm. but yeah, but I, I think we just got to this place where life was happening really quickly and we were both just going with the flow. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on and you definitely had a lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll go through a quick little recap about where I left off at this time. Let's see if we recorded, I think we launched that episode in December and I talked a lot about going through a breakup and I was, I had this intense thing going on COVID relationship happening to me. And then, uh, she broke up with me and I started getting cash poor business was terrible. And I thought to myself, like, what am I going to do here? I wanted to pivot and go in this whole different direction. I was going to sell my house. I was going to move to Scottsdale, Arizona to live with some family. And I was going to re brand myself and just totally go into fitness photography. And Scottsdale was a great market for that because there's a lot of fitness influencers up there, uh, athletes and uh, celebrities. So I thought it'd be a good place to change my business course. And it creatively, it was what interested me the most in photography is where that's where I, my real passion lies in photography. And um, you, yeah, you know what, so- you, you're saying going to, but you, you did all those things. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of the last year. Um, yeah, I guess I did do all that. So, um, so long story short, I sold my house in February of 2021. And by March, I actually did move to Scottsdale for like all of one month. And uh, I lived with my cousin. I moved. I moved like most of this room. This whole computer, everything was up there. I had my bed up there. I had a bunch of stuff in storage here in Tucson, thinking that you know maybe after a year or two, I'd get myself, get my bearings straight and get my earning potential back up again, and that I was going to bring all my stuff up and get my own place at some point. So I was in a transition phase. Uh, but luckily, you know, I sold my house. Um, I had a, I made a lot of money on selling my house, and so I I was buying myself some time to really sit with. Uh, whatever this new direction was going to be in my life and get comfortable um, with the changes that I was trying to make happen. I just wanted to, all I knew that was in at the end of 2020, 2020, I was thinking to myself, I want my life a year from now to look nothing like it does right now. I just wanted to uproot, uh, change, change everything. I wanted to be in a different place. I wanted to be around different people. Uh, nothing wrong with Tucson. I love it here. Uh, but, you know, I just I, I'm 
I turned 38 last year, it was time for a change. And so, yeah, all that stuff happened. Uh, what I didn't tell you guys was uh, about a week after I broke my ex broke up with me, I met a woman who was also going through a breakup of her own, a COVID, a COVID <laughs> breakup. And uh, she and I, we just were in each other's hemispheres. She was a friend of a friend who came to a little get together I had with some friends. And it wasn't long after that, we were doing yoga together and we watched Purple Rain together. It was my first time watching it. I recommend if you've not seen Purple Rain as an adult, watch that movie especially with someone who's seen it before. Um, that movie is hilarious. Uh, it's it's so bad, it's good. And uh, yeah, so I watched it with her. I just, we had all this great stuff in common and we were both definitely not trying to get into a relationship. So what did we do? We definitely got into a relationship. <laughs> um, we were reluctant lovers. It didn't happen overnight, but uh, we, we had some mutual interests. You know, we were doing yoga together. We went skiing and we were just having a lot of fun. And shortly... After a month or two, I was already staying at her place. I was kind of couch crashing and then bed crashing. And but we weren't really seeing each other. It it just was it was like pandemic, a pandemic um fueled uh relationship. Like we were we were together in, in each other's lives, but we didn't know what we were gonna be. And then you know, I was coming up on selling the house and I was getting ready to leave. And she tells me, like, I don't want to stop seeing you when you go to Scottsdale. And I was like, I don't want to stop seeing you either. And so we made it official. And then I got to Scottsdale. <laughs> and after within the month, I, I had started a part-time job with MagMod. I'm doing, if you email support at mag, magnetmod.com, you're going to get me. I'm going to help you out with all your off-camera MagMod flash problems. And um, so I started doing that job four hours a day in the mornings, working remote. And that picked up. And then... And March hit and everybody started booking weddings again. Like everyone that hadn't booked weddings or had to reschedule in 2020 was booking up in, in 2021. I ended up booking like 10 weddings in within a month period. I booked 10 weddings just that month alone after booking nothing the previous year before. And mm -hmm. I was trying to leave weddings too. Um, and then go figure. They just yeah. keep, keep pulling you back. Yep. Um, and it's still happening now. I looked at my calendar. I didn't even realize like what was going on in, um, in spring, if if I don't look at my calendar, I won't even know what weddings are going on because my content, my uh, customer relations management software will just tell me if I'm not booked on the date. And so if I get an inquiry, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm open. I'll I'll do it. And then later, I'll look at my calendar and realize, oh crap, I messed around and booked eight weddings. So I've mm -hmm. got you know like eight weddings in a in like a seven week span. Wow. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that's not a lot. I mean, it's not a it's not a tremendous amount of weddings, but it's you know, it's a good, decent season to be working a wedding well, every weekend. And now you've got a part-time thing. You've got mm -hmm. other things commanding your life. You've got commercial clients. Like mm -hmm. seven weddings is a lot when you, uh, there's some people that would argue that seven weddings in eight weeks is a lot for a pure wedding photographer. So yeah, adding all the other top stuff on top of it, I think you've definitely got your hands full. Yeah. And then the best thing that happened was my, my biggest account, um, they, after like, I mean, I went from like 45 invoices in 2019 to maybe six in all of 2020, 2020. And then um, they start calling again in uh, beginning in March. And now I think looking back on last year, I, I maybe booked about, I had like, I built out 30 invoices with them. So what turned out to be, you know, what was a down year turned out the next year turned out to be in, in a span of only nine months, one of my best years in photography after mm -hmm. easily the worst year in photography. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think 
you know, and, and I always hear this from people who've been in the industry a long time, especially in the last recession, whenever mm. there's a down year, the next year always picks up. So I heard like 20, 2007, 2008 was really bad. And then 2009, people were, were really booked up. So I the think, weird uh, thing is that 2021 wasn't a economically bad year. Like we weren't really under financial crisis. In fact, most things were booming because they had down they were they were up relative to the year before when things were down which there wasn't a money issue it was just everything was closed right which dramatically impacted photography like so many sectors of photography because we're like event or in person based mm-hmm. so like i think it was just kind of like disproportionate and as soon as things relaxed we're back into it i'm actually concerned looking forward because if we're going to face an economic crisis it's going to be like this year yeah um, I have, I don't know, every, I, after 2020, I've learned that uh, expect the unexpected and that you just aren't able to gauge out. Like, and that's the one thing being a professional photographer is sometimes you're not able to gauge like what your year is going to look like. So you, things can happen that completely change the landscape of your of your uh, marketplace. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I, I couldn't expect last year to be the year that I had. But it, you know, I think there was a bit of COVID fatigue. And, and again, weddings booked up. And uh, luckily, with some of the the loosening of you know, the mid-year loosening of restrictions because the vaccine rolled out uh, the big client work picked up again and and they are i'm busy with them again now and yeah so i'm in scottsdale i'm driving down every week to do all this work i had the weddings i started doing weddings again started working with my client and my girlfriend wonders out loud like why don't you just live with me and you're right why don't i just live with you so I left like most of my things in Scottsdale in a bedroom for the whole year. And um, we stayed with her at her place. And uh, I'll fast forward to the good part. Um, she and I are expecting a baby girl in June uh, 2022 this year. So June 21st, we're expecting our first our first child for both of us. So, Did you uh, forget yeah. you also control the applause? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Here we go. This thing is really delayed. There we go. <laughs> hey, there we go. That's yeah. really exciting. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun and a huge learning process. I'll, I'll t- touch on that more, but for me to rewind back to that period. So, think back to like I think back to December and I remember like you were just really busy prepping your house for the mm-hmm. sale in December, 2020. So it's ahead of 2021. And I, I think we were both a little bummed about the idea of like digital meetings and everything were already taking place. But I think you and I were bummed to have been stripped of the in-person interviews with people because we did so many at photo plus in 2019. We did so many at, um, WPPI in 2020 and like you know, our closest friends in the industry and like people that the photography industry looks up to. Like we love that we had that element on our podcast and we could do it in person and to have that ripped away. Like it's still not the same to do digitally. Right. Um, or, or over the internet wireless zoom meetings. Yeah. So I think we were both bummed about that, which had us a little bit apprehensive about guests in general, but we were still kind of into the, you know, making the other episodes, but you got really busy with the uh prepping your house and everything and the, and the move <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um but around december and i haven't really talked about this with anybody so uh 
November 2020, my no, October 2020, my wife got pregnant. And or we we recognized that she was pregnant and this was all part of the plan. Um, we got to around the 12 week mark. We told our family it was perfectly in alignment with uh, Christmas of 2020. To, this was my I'm an only child. So this was my uh, my mother's first grandchild. So surprised her with the grandma necklace and everything. Um, and then uh, we did that like a week before Christmas. And it was like the weekend before Christmas and uh, my wife miscarried and we had to go to the hospital and then tell everybody the week of Christmas that we lost her just moments after we had told everybody that we were pregnant for the first time and like sharing that excitement with everybody. And uh, so I was in no space to like want to record or like be excited about anything. You can probably see a huge dip in my videos around the same time. Like if you do see something, it was probably something that I recorded like weeks before that happened because like I, I, at the time I remember like my coping mechanism was just the gym. I just went to the gym like crazy. So if you see like pictures of me from like March, 2020, 2021, I'm in like the best shape of my life. And that was because like, we were just going through really rough period. And and that was one of the main ways that we got past it. It was like going to the gym together and uh, yeah, so that coupled with your busyness, like I wasn't, I'll just say I never put up a fight, right? Like you, we probably could have continued recording and continued pushing episodes out and everything. But uh, I was just like, ah, Justin's busy. Let's just hit the pause button because I don't want to do anything right now. So, um, but fast forward, um, February, 2021, I uh, come into my office and scattered over my desk are like a hundred plastic babies. And so my wife was announcing that she was pregnant again to me. We again waited even a little bit longer before we kind of spilled to family again to make sure that, you know, felt safe and confident about this one with what happened previously. But uh, in uh, November of 2021, we welcomed our first baby girl to the world. So now I'm... Yeah, it's a long road. It's so long. It's such a it's long, so long flat. <laughs> yeah, you deserve but, it. Uh, so I've been going through that, um, you know, dramatic life change. It's impacted like everything, just everything that we do. I want to say the thing that I'll say is that I'm really thankful is that photography offers you a lot of flexibility. So these past uh, few months I was really able to tailor my schedule to like you know be there when my wife needed me the most when she was recovering and everything like that so I'm only just now I would say like the last six weeks like really she's three months now um, really kind of back to previous form and, and working as much as I was previously not quite out of the house as much as I was previously but still you know handling a similar workload yeah and I mean, it was hard to see you guys go through that. And I'm just really happy that you bounced back so quickly because I can't believe your baby's <laughs> already here. That's how quickly the year went by. It was such a crazy year. And yeah. on top of that, like, you know, you, I know you just got your rental property that you're working on and you're, you got a lot mm-hmm. of big stuff going on. But I, I, what I do love is that we are both making space for this again in our lives, uh, that we have room to do this. I mean, even with your baby here, um, I've been going through a whirlwind uh, last few months. My, my girlfriend and I bought our first home together. Um, 
so our, our first home together. So we are, we got this great house that we're going to welcome the baby into. I'm in a great relationship. I, I'm excited to be a dad with her. And yeah, it's just, it's just a totally different space that I'm in right now. Um, I felt like my life was kind of spiraling out of control for a little bit. And I was, everything I was doing was a reaction to try and uh, right the ship. And wow, a year later, you know, I told myself, I just wanted my life to be completely different than it looked a year prior. And I think mission accomplished. So, Wish um, granted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just solidify. It always, you know, like life changes always light a fire under my butt because I'm, I mean, I got depressed. Like I, I, well, I had days where I didn't eat. I had days where um, I definitely had a, more to drink than I should have, especially when you're at home alone during a pandemic. So, I mean, I had <laughs> terrible coping mechanisms, but you know, I, I got on top of things and, and everything I did was to try and bring myself to this place right now. And it's still work. Like we're still getting this house together. We got a nursery to get ready. Uh, I've been working on this office, trying to get it ready to, for podcast recording. So uh, yeah, you and I have been busy, but I'm again, I'm happy to be making space for this again, because this podcast, uh, it definitely makes me happy. Um, it didn't make us money before, but it made us happy. And I felt like we had a lot of great conversations to share around uh, photography and not just like gear or technique. Like we're talking, we like to um, break bread over all these different topics. I like, how does, you know, our life as human beings, um, what's that relationship like with, with photography? How do those, how do those things like us as humans, like how does that coincide with being photographers? How does photography, how is photography affected uh, by what's going on in our lives? And, I think there's a lot, you and I are both photographically, like we're going through a lot of changes right now. Um, oh yeah. Like stylistically workflow wise, like what it means to us. So um, yeah, it's, it's big. Like being a dad's going to change my relationship with, with photography in a big way. Like what's your relationship with photography right now? Professionally, it is like so much, it's commands so much less of my life than it did previously. Like, I, I've gone, I've stripped it down to like the essentials, the essential things that I need to do to like keep my business functioning well. Like I'm still trying to serve my clients, you know, at the, at the same level, if not better than, than ever before. Like I'm always pushing that, but I've trimmed a lot of the fat, a lot of the time that I spent. I can't tell you the last time I consumed like photography, YouTube, or blog content. Like I've just kind of put a pause on that. I don't want to say I've completely eliminated learning because there's definitely specific techniques that I've sought out for, but like the general browsing doesn't cover photography anymore, right? Like I just, I've kind of reduced that as much as possible. And I think there's just a lot less time for like casually exploring content these days with the baby and everything. But um, yeah, I've reduced that. I've really tried to make my my work life as lean as possible. And so that's looking for like big victories that can have a compounding effect on my workflow and my systems. Still doing um, primarily the editorial photography for primarily the same clients. You know, I'm still working with the ad agency with Chevy and still doing the university and still doing um, this dental conglomerate. So still pretty much the same clients where I left off at, but uh, just really tightening the ship and making it work as, as well oiled as possible and just being happy with its size, not worried about like growth at all. How about you? Uh, photography, it's, my relationship is very 
it's strictly business right now. I'm not spending a lot of time on the love, like the personal love for photography. I still love photography very much. It's a, it's an, it's been amazing to me. It's given me um, a calling in life and a, a means of earning an income and to see the world. It's been a passport to so many cool life experiences that I never would have guessed would have happened um, previously. But now it's it's very much like I'm punching in, I'm punching out for the first time ever. I am really having hard stops in my workday. I'm not hanging out. Like, you know, when I'm, it probably has to do with being in a relationship too and having a live in, uh, living with my partner. But when I'm single and I, and I'm singularly focused on photography, it consumes me. It's my entire identity and I spend most of my time on it. And I feel like it's all I talk about. It's all I want to engage in with conversations with people. That's been a big part of my life. Uh, especially as I've been doing this full time now, 2013, uh, nine years now. And mm-hmm. I think the first like five, six years of that heavily, heavily obsessed with photography. And I still, I still am to a certain extent, but I just pick and choose better, like where I'm going to spend my time with it. So now I'm, I have a hard stop. I'm not staying on till late in the evening. Like I'm not on, you know, like not getting up early and staying on till like, you know, midnight editing photos. Like I, like that's a terrible, I mean, like you ha- I think you have to cut your teeth on that type of life at some point and have an unhealthy relationship with photography to really come to appreciate what a healthy relationship with photography looks like when you're full time. Like you really got to know what, what it keeps you away from. I, I hear other photographers telling me how they, oh yeah, I'm up till, you know, I'm up till like midnight or I'm up all night editing photos. I got to get these pictures out. And I'm like, why like don't you have a family (laughs) like you have kids like nobody wants to look at the back of your head all the time so uh now everything in my workflow is meant to smooth out those rough edges uh the gear i'm using the processes i have the software i'm using um i'm even employing the use of a editor who does a great job with my images and i'm like it's 95 percent of the way there i barely have to look over the images when he gets them back so I'm, I'm sending all my weddings to him and even i told myself even if i have the time to edit the weddings i'm not going to do it like i could have my whole week clear i will send that wedding out because there's no reason for me to once i start start putting my time on the on that wedding uh that time is gone and i don't get it back so if that time is available and i have the room for it i'm still going to send it out because i'd rather be at home enjoying my time especially with a baby on the way i want to enjoy the time with my partner i want to have quality time um, i want to watch tv shows i want to play video games i want to go for for runs like i want to do all that stuff and i don't want to be in front of this computer anymore than i have to it's just a terrible way to spend your life looking at the screen all the time and i spend enough time looking at screens yeah so we're restarting the podcast <laughs> here we go looking at the screen again No, but I mean, I think like first and foremost, when it comes to like starting this back up, these are what people don't understand is like we would be having these conversations anyways, right? Like we don't have to specifically seek out the podcast form, but we would pretty much have these same discussions all the time in a roundabout way or another. So this at least lets us put some structure to them and really hash them out and hopefully others can benefit from them as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. Cause I think we, when we left off, we were both just like, ah, oh, like new gear and what's this person doing. And here's all the strategies that we're doing and our editing processes and our hardware. And now we're like, this is our stripped down version. Like this is our, our super tight workflows. And so we're going to be presenting something different. I think that's one thing that I'm looking forward to in this podcast is I know every photographer, practically 
I don't know any that weren't affected, but every photographer had like this huge meteor hit their industry, right? Or their, their personal business. And people had to adapt in unique ways. Like it's not just wedding photographers. It was sports photographers. It was, um, any type of event photographer, corporate photographer, if you're doing like corporate events, in-person studios probably had to change a lot. Most photographers had to adapt in some way, shape or form over the last two years. And I'm really curious to see like what others experienced and how they adapted. So we do are definitely going to be bringing back the guest discussions and, and talking to people about how they're adapting to this new world. Yeah. And, um, uh, the gear there's so much gear to talk about right now we've got all these camera announcements that happened since we stopped since we dropped off a like year's worth of camera announcements um it's never too late to talk about that stuff especially um since most of it is hard to come by uh, oh i stopped talking like, is that gear we do, we do still like gear <laughs> what the hell is that <laughs> oh it's a big for now it's a 10 inch Fresnel on the Godox QT 1200 version <laughs> 3. So I got these in separate boxes the other days, and I was just like, what a bazooka. I mean, if you're, if you're just listening, you can't see this, but a 10 inch Fresnel that is probably also 10 inches tall. It, it's just is a that Bowen's piece mount? of gear. Yeah, it's a Bowen's mount Fresnel. It's actually for the LEDs, but I just threw it on this. Are you trying to light like a football player from 100 yards away? I'm just doing reviews of those independently. And uh, yeah, I don't even know what the purpose, I have to research it, what the purpose of like a larger Fresnel glasses. I would think you would need a larger light source to to use all that extra space, right? I don't know. So I, I got to dive We need dive a, video director, a video director or a DP to come on set and come on the show and talk about that with us. So. Talk about Fresnel. Fresnel lenses. It's such like a, a infrequently used thing in photography specifically. In fact, most Fresnel lenses aren't even designed for flash, but random tangent, you were talking about gear and I was like, speaking of gear. Yeah. I was wondering what that was back there. I couldn't really make it out because the, the feed is a little um, uh, pixelated on my end. So I thought, I actually thought it was your, like an Oculus Quest in all black or something on the back there. I didn't uh-huh. know what that was. You're like, what is that bazooka on his yeah. couch? Yeah. Well, now you know. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely kind of missed that whole, like big catch up period by Canon and Nikon, you know, that happened in 2021. And, um, you know, I think, I think there's episodes as far back as 2020 where I'm dreaming about the uh, global shutter and we're getting so close, getting so close. Like Nikon is eliminating the mechanical shutter. Sony is syncing electronic shutters with flash. Like so much is happening that is getting us really close to that global shutter that's really going to change photography so i'm excited yeah um and i made a big gear switch myself uh after 10 years of shooting canon and then another seven years of shooting nikon i went to the big s and now i'm shooting with the sony part of that a1 steak sauce crew life the a1 gang steak sauce life um (laughs) the a1 oh my god Uh, that needs its own episode it's such an incredible camera yeah and you know, it's funny, I, I consider it like a precision scalpel and I'm coming from like a long line of like 
very cool paintbrushes. And now this thing is just, it's no nonsense. Like I get to the point a lot quicker when it comes mm -hmm. to what I'm trying to achieve photographically. I feel like everything going on with my body and my muscle memory and um, my creativity, it's all linked from like from here to here to the camera. Like it's all like synchronously working together and all for the effort of no wasted motion to get to the point photographically when I'm covering events, covering weddings, I'm, I'm just getting there faster. And I'm not, a, I, I you always get these people who, especially every time a new camera comes out, like, oh, like we couldn't focus, you know, without this camera, oh, I ought to focus. All the, the, all the, everything that's a new feature is uh, like, what do you mean dual card slots? Like we yeah. did it with film. Like It's just this nonsense. Like, like we're trying to reject new tech because oh we couldn't get the job done without this camera before cameras are already good enough like yeah that's the point like they're always going to be the, the gear has always been good enough but why can't we want excellence out of the gear why can't it keep pushing the curve raising the, like raising the bar higher and higher and the better the gear gets i'm going to want to use it like that's just if i can do my job faster and better and be more consistent and accurate i'm going to want that gear eventually because it helps me do a job um creatively i don't know that i need the gear but i'm trying to perform work here and that that stuff helps me do my job better i'm a better photographer because it helps me get the consistent results i'm after time and time again uh that's just from a job perspective am i more creative no not necessarily anyway i'm on a tangent we'll get there again yeah in no, i get episodes, what you're saying but... though like there, there's that whole argument of like it's not the camera it's the photographer and like yeah it's the photographer with the creativity and the vision but yeah. you put them by a better machine like who's a better who's going to get from a to b faster a mm -hmm. someone driving a horse and buggy or someone driving a ferrari the ferrari that's faster tech is going to make that person get there faster i think there i think this also comes from a line of like um, call it fanboyism, call it uh, fan fanboy, wait, fanhood, fanboyhood. I don't know. <laughs> fanboyisms. Anyway, uh, this, this can't be like, oh, I only shoot Nikon. I only shoot Canon. I'm like, really? Because you're missing out on all these cool experiences. And if you shoot a lot of different cameras, and I'm not saying you have to, uh, it's always, there's a lot of reasons to stick with one camera. But when you experience all these different camera systems, uh, the, the different features they offer, the different shooting experiences, the ergonomics, everything I've shot with over my career has prompted different work. Like, yeah, I still have like a generic, like a not generic, but like a general style over the course of uh, all these years of shooting with certain gear. Uh, but certain cameras just get different work out of me. I'm, my work looks different with the A1. I'm not saying it looks better, uh, but I noticed something different. And then... Mm -hmm. I think artistically, that's not how I want to express myself. Like if I'm going to pick up an artistic project, I don't think I'm going to use my A1. I still hold, have my Fuji X-T2. I kind of miss the old D750 from Nikon. If I could get that with the 3518, I might do something personally for myself. There's just something different about different cameras. And you just can't come to appreciate that if you're just locked into one camera all the time. So um, being a loyalist is cool, but you know, try, being a free agent is also fun. Being a free agent's the way to go, man. I uh, I was using the Canon R5. This was before the A1 came out, and I was like super impressed by it. And I think you you had mentioned it too. You had actually mentioned it before I even got a hand on it. You're like, I could have like gone from that person handing it to me to like immediately shooting a wedding with it. I was that immediately comfortable with it. The ergonomics were great, uh, where the controls were. And I felt the same way, like picking the R5 up. I was very impressed with it. And then the A1 mm -hmm. came out, and I was like, whoa. 5R what? I don't even care. But yeah. um, 
you know, it, that's one of the nice things about like not having any relation with uh, a specific manufacturer or even being committed to a certain team is like, I, I don't care. I could up and switch away from Sony tomorrow. I won't because of the expense, right? Like it would, yeah. I would have to get some earth shattering technology for me to jump because of the glass investment, but I've got thirty five, forty thousand $40,000 wrapped up in a Sony. So yeah, but I mean, just being open to it, I don't get the whole idea of being stuck with the camera. And look what Nikon pulled out. You know, they've they've kind of been the industry punching bag for all of 2021. And then out of nowhere, like, I feel like they did an epic leapfrog with their uh, Z9. Yeah, I need to get my hands on that camera. I want to see what the shooting experience is like. I'm not a full body, full size body um enthusiast like i'm not a big fan of that experience i don't shoot sports um i don't like the size of it there's photographers who love it because it's more well balanced it's more robust it's more rugged uh, I, i'm not that person like i actually like the a1 size I, although i think the a1 does nothing to differentiate itself from the rest of the alpha line of cameras uh I you're right it should it, come in gold yeah. Um, no, but I give me a give me a pinky grip. Like I need space for here. So I actually have an aluminum grip. That's not a full size grip. It's just literally for my pinky to have a space to grab onto. I need something to to show that the camera's different. Like there's just something it's just like you paid, you know, almost what, seven thousand dollars after tax for that camera. It should look different than the rest of the cameras. Uh not for clout, but just for the, so I know I'm getting a better camera than the build quality of the other ones. The uh, pinky grip. Did you? You didn't get the Sony one, right? No, I did some aluminum, okay. some Am, some Amazon. Good, maybe. good. No, the the Sony one is actually like the worst one available because it completely blocks your battery compartment, and yeah, it's just it's a terrible design. It's uneven. Yeah. You can't set it down because it's it only goes midway through the body. Like mm-hmm. I actually like the uh, I forget what they're called, faux grips. I like those with the flip out, the little flip, pinky yeah. grip. Yeah, those are really nice. Yeah, the one I got uh, has a battery latch door um, opening, so I don't have that problem with it either. Uh, yeah, that's but yeah, it, it's just something. I need something to have a full grip. That's that's all I wanted out of this camera. But yeah, the, the Z9, I really like to try it out because I've shot the Z6, Z7, and then the, the Mark II versions of those cameras. They didn't do it for me. Um, whatever it is, like if they're, let's say the R5, and R5 is like, 90 at 97 percent and the a1 is like 98 percent for me of being there in terms of like the experiences refined camera experience yeah yeah that that's where i rate those cameras um i would have said the z7 uh two and the z6 two were like 90 percent like they're in the ballpark but the user experience the clumsiness i didn't like the build the feel of the camera everything just kind of felt off to me with those cameras it didn't feel like a system that i wanted to invest in um coming from the d850 which is still my hands down favorite dslr ever made and it didn't make me feel like this is where i wanted to spend the next you know seven years five to seven years of my career uh with this camera system uh the z9 might change that for me but uh, a one was a, was a solid move even at a hefty premium, but yeah. Yeah. I, I had no intention of buying the a one. In fact, I kind of like poo pooed it when it came out. I was just like, you know, not for me from a, from a personal perspective. I was just like, ah, oh, this is so unnecessary for me. And, uh, then I actually got into a financial situation where like, 
basically I have I have the A7R4, I have the A9 Mark II, and the A7S3. I use the A7S3 for video. I use the A9 Mark II when I need speed. I use the A7R4 when I use me- when I need megapixels, which is predominantly what I'm shooting. Um, and then my A7R4 was being buggy one day, so I used my A9 II for the editorial work. And first gig, they were like, "Yo, what's up with the pixels?" Like they, they spotted it when trying to crop in heavy on something. Oh wow! And I was like, I was like, oh dang! Like I'm, you know, most of us say like over twenty four. Like nobody is gonna know, right? No, this yeah. client spotted it immediately, and I was like, oh sorry, my other camera was being goofy, so you know I'm sending that one in. And I just use that in the meantime. They're like, well, uh, this doesn't really work for us. We we have like a whole style around high megapixels at the university because. We will take something wide, get that killer expression in that, and then move on. And they can crop whatever the hell ad mm-hmm. formats they want out of that one shot, whether it be like 16 by 9 vertical or a banner or a two-page spread. Anyway, um, so then I was like, well, crap, I don't have – I have a 24-megapixel camera and a 12-megapixel camera. Like, I need something else high-megapixel for when – if this has a problem, like a certified backup. And uh, I was like, okay, do I buy another A7R4? Do I buy an A7R3? I don't want to go back to that. So it was either buy another A7R4 and literally have four bodies or buy the A1, sell the A9 Mark II because who cares? The A1 has its speed. Sell the A7S3 because who cares? I've got all those video features on the A1 now and be back to two bodies. So it was actually more cost effective for me to buy the A1. Yeah, Which sounds and, so weird to say for a $7,000 camera. <laughs> yeah, um, well, and I, I've got an awesome working relationship with Tamron. I'm one of their brand ambassadors, and uh, they've they've supplied me with some amazing lenses like they you know and, I, and here's another conversation i'm i've always been a prime guy i've been a heavy prime guy 35 85 i could shoot my whole career with just those two lenses and now i've got zooms i've got a 17 to 28 a 28 to 75 and a um 70 to 180 from tamron the 2.8 their holy trinity and i love the lenses i feel like i have earned this time in my career where I don't have to walk myself closer to the subject. I zoom my ass there now. <laughs> don't have to uh, zoom with your feet. I can't be bothered to move my feet to get closer to a subject anymore. Um, also, my back hurts, so <laughs> I'm a, um, I quit. I'm no more. I'm not dual clutching anymore. I'm not uh, swapping lenses as much as I used to. Like I pretty much will shoot. I could shoot a whole wedding day with the 28 to 75, but you know, there's creatively, I want that longer reach, so I will. Guys, do on our on our next episode, we're going to be reviewing photo vests. <laughs> I'm going to be the best guy. I wear cargo shorts now, primarily, uh, exclusively cargo shorts. That's where I fit all my shit in my pockets now. Um, but yeah, it's a, a full like man. We could do, we we will we will do a whole episode uh, philosophically about where we're at, what these changes like these changes of gear and how it affects um, our relationship to the photography we're performing now. It's it's just different. Uh, I mean, I miss me a one point four thirty a thirty five one point four. I miss those those really wide open apertures, but. Uh, I'm in this clinical get work done, get clock in, clock out phase of my career. And not saying that the work is not at a high level, but it's different. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. just getting there differently now. And um, you got to shoot a long time to make these kind of decisions about your work. People get so locked into a certain style. And I think I've changed in my photography you know, dozens of times. You know, like I've, I'm always making some kind of change to my work. Um, I don't know if it's 
call it, I don't know if that's consistency, but I'm consistently changing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, you're like always, I think that's always growing. I mean, I find myself, it's funny because like I'm, I've obviously built an audience on like lighting, being specific about lighting. And like one of the things I've been finding myself doing most in studio lately is uh, taking some random piece of glass that I got at a thrift store and either shooting light through it or bouncing it off of it as a starting point and like refining from there. Because like I know what happens when I put my softbox, my three foot softbox three feet away. I know exactly what it looks like and I can use that knowledge all day for work. But like when I'm trying to get spicy... I like, I need a way to surprise myself. I need kink. I need photography kink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and no kink shaming on this show. Yeah, absolutely not. So, uh, yeah, I've been like playing with all sorts of weird stuff and I'm actually thinking about cataloging cause I'm getting to the point where I'm like, wait, how did I do that one? I was thinking about cataloging the reflection and the shoot through light properties of each of these glasses. Yeah. I'm a huge nerd. This is what I do. <laughs> You are huge, sir. Also, we've really, okay, like I think it's bears mentioning uh, with all this compartmentalization of photography in our life, it certainly opened up um, our interests have really gotten deep into like finance. Like we're talking about stock market and crypto now on a regular basis. That's never happened in my life. Uh, we're talking about retirement, Roth IRAs. So I feel like there's conversations that can occur in that space too because we're buying uh, real estate, making real estate deals. I mean, you're buying real estate. I'm trying to, well, I did buy real you, estate. You did too. I'm, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of like, yeah, like supplemental income, but I, I'm just like, I'm in a different space now. And yeah, I guess it's growing up because this isn't shit that I was concerned with when I was in my twenties and doing photography. So now um, I'm trying to think about, you know, leaving behind some kind of legacy for my daughter and hopefully other future kids that we're planning to have. Like, I want to be able to leave something behind from them because uh, if I would have quit doing this, five years ago, I would have been, I wouldn't have anything to leave behind. And now mm. after selling the house and photography has been very good to me lately, like I'm really, all I'm obsessed with now is how can I make this money work better for me? And I think those are conversations a lot of photographers are really uncomfortable having because um, if you're doing this, if you're self-employed and running your own business in photography, a lot of people's financials are, are in a mess and it's hard. It's, it's a vulnerable space to talk about, especially with other people. So I feel like we need to normalize talking finances with each other because there's too many people with their head in the sand. And I was one of those people too. I was always uncomfortable being around those conversations, especially, you know, you talk about it at a high level and I'm just over here trying to learn and yeah. uh, not feel embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, we have to be careful with that stuff with like what sure, we're sharing sure. here. And I don't think we will. I think we both have a responsibility in terms of like crypto and stocks and stuff like that, where we're never going to make a recommendation for somebody. Um, nope. And if, if we do say like, Hey, if you want to explore this, you should really understand all of these things before you even start like poking around sending money off to, uh, to hopefully earn you more money. But um, we can definitely talk about like what we've accomplished. And I do think retirement is a super uh, safe topic to discuss Mm -hmm. and bring up and just lay some groundwork for. So we can talk about what's available to photographers. And um, you're right. That has commanded a majority of our, a majority of our communication in the last year. It was like phase of gym and then phase of finance. And like, yeah. we barely talked about photo and, uh, only recently we were like, okay, let's, let's get back into the photography aspect. Yeah. And there's a big reason for that too, of that. We're also, um, it coincides with our reboot here. Uh, we've got a big announcement to make about our podcast. I'm going to do one of these here. 
<laughs> I'm not even going to see. We've got a title sponsor, and it's a big one. Oh, wait. oh, I need to get that sound effect. Um, so we are the podcast is now sponsored by Tamron USA. So clap to that. <laughs> I don't know what I like more, the applause or the delay getting to the applause. <laughs> I mean, it delays. All right, enough of that. Um, it's a little slow on the draw. I'll, we'll, we'll work that out. Um, this is all, we're at a new, we had a new home for the podcast. You might notice now that we're on, we have a video. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, we're going to be putting these episodes up on Rob's YouTube channel. Uh, what is your YouTube channel going by now? Did it change or is it still Rob Hall Photography? By the time this comes out, I imagine it will have changed. On March 1st, the name is being changed to Sharpen. So, yeah. We want this to uh, live in Rob's uh, cinematic universe. It's kind of like the Rob Hall cinematic universe. Rob <laughs> the Hall RCU. Photograph- the R the um, R H P U R H P U. The go. Rob Hall photographic universe. Uh, we are <laughs> you. Uh, we have a. I'm going to use that. Yeah, we've got a great group of uh, photographers and uh, editor, videographers. We've got a mix of people who are going to be contributing to Rob's uh, YouTube channel, uh, a way to grow, um, to introduce your audience to some new faces and keep the conversations kind of like similar to what we have going on the podcast, but expand uh, the repertoire of topics that you cover. Yeah, I've made a lot of videos on flash photography. It's time to diversify, but I don't necessarily think I'm the best person to diversify into all these different areas, right? I'm not just going to talk about wedding photography nonstop when I'm only doing a couple weddings per year. So Mm -hmm. I'm bringing on people who I think are like more representative and like really deep in the trenches in their specific um, categories of photography. And so they'll be taking over and kind of expanding what we discuss on the channel. Yeah, and the the great part is tamron is thanks to their help and support and involvement in this project now that we uh, well hopefully it legitimizes our cause here and helps expand our reach because they'll be uh sharing the podcast uh, out in their channels too but we they're going to get us some really great guests on the show we're going to have some uh, tamron ambassadors on who represent a wide swath of photography from travel to landscape sports wildlife uh, influencer types we're, we're gonna have some interesting people on here and I'm trying, like, I want to tread this fine line between doing my research on people, having and asking the right questions, but also not knowing so much about them that we kind of come in like a little bit cold where I want to, I want to be surprised by some of the responses we're getting and that we're getting genuine, uh, free flowing conversation going. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about these types of photographers, these other photographers, um, these creators in this space. And as we welcome them on the podcast and, and get to open up these conversations for everyone to hear. I'm really excited too. As I said earlier, um, I'm really excited to see how people navigated like the last two years or what they are changing looking forward. If people changed industries or how they got into exactly what they're doing, like what does a travel photographer look like over the last two years? Like that has got to be such a pain um, or very creative approach for them to continue succeeding. So that's, what's going to be cool about talking to so many different people. So really looking forward to all the people that are going to come on. Very thankful that Tamron uh, is going to be a sponsor for us, especially knowing, um, you know, obviously Justin is a Tamron ambassador. And then I've got, um, I've used multiple of their lenses for Sony and I really like their place for Sony that even though I have primarily G master glass, 
I look at Tamron, I'm like, this is, I'm usually recommending Tamron for people who are looking for system swaps. Cause I'm like, these weren't available when I made the jump. Right. But they Mm -hmm. are for you. So you should check out the 28 to 75, the 70 to 180, or that sweet, sweet new 35 to 150. Yeah. Um, Oh, I can't wait to talk about that lens exclusively. I'm getting my hands on it soon. So I think that's going to be like my number one lens to rule them all. Um, I actually just had a conversation with, uh, with the close photo buddy, uh, Jared Gant, and he had some questions about the system. Uh, and he's, he's fully Sony all the way. Uh, but there's an allure there and I, and I'm, I'm happy to inform other people about some of these cool products I've been using, uh, without being, without like really trying to shill, shill the gear. Like I'm, I am using the gear, I'm vetting the gear and I can, I can back it up with results. So if you can't do that with your gear, then, you know, what do you have to show, you know, for yourself? So I love what I'm doing with the gear. Uh, it's represents for me, it represents a performance to quality, to speed, per, um, uh, cost. Like it's in, it hits all of that on the, on the Venn diagram. So can't go wrong with it. And I'm happy that they're supporting us. Same here. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up, uh, where the heck we've been, what we have planned for the future and, um, you know, just sharing some thanks for the, the people that have helped us bring this back, which we're really excited to do. So I'm looking forward to it. What's our next episode going to be about? Uh, good question. I think it should be a guest. I think we'll have a guest on. So I'm, I'm looking on I'm working on the production side of that. We'll get that going here soon. But uh, also we do have in the back, in our backlog, we've got some great stuff about wedding photography that we really want to get out. Although the gear episode needs an update. So we might be re-recording some of that. Maybe <laughs> we'll just re- the whole thing. Yeah, maybe we just redo the whole thing because I think it's gold. I think we should have video to back it up. So maybe maybe that's what we'll, we'll pick up there. There's too, probably but. a lot in there that could benefit from visual examples too. Yeah, me gesticulating like, eh, you good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I'm man, I'm super excited to be doing this again. It's it it's funny because we're just we talk a lot, and it's like we're just hanging out. So I'm, I'm happy to be hanging out with you, buddy. I love you, Rob. I love you too, man. We're gonna be hanging <laughs> out, and at some point here in the next year, we will be hanging out, and both of us will have been delegated to daughter duty, and they'll probably be in our laps, and there will be some babble in here. So it's gonna be fun to uh, to talk to you guys about, you know, how we are uh, tackling this big life adjustment as becoming family men now. I can't wait. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk soon. Peace. Peace.